Welcome to Kids Ministry Coffee Break, brought to you by the Sunday School Store, where you as a leader in ministry get five minutes to recharge your soul and be encouraged in your mind and in your spirit. So grab your cup, take a breath, and let's take a moment together for you. Welcome back to Kids Ministry Coffee Break. I have the highest hopes that you are feeling blessed to be in student ministry today, that you have had some wonderful things happening this week, which has affirmed you during what has been one of the most incredibly difficult seasons. I know there are those days that are up, those days that are down. I just pray you've had some up days this week. We are going to talk about the parable of the shrewd manager, as it's often called in some of your scriptures, that maybe your Bible has the little headings above different sections, and I see that one a lot, the shrewd manager. It's one of our more puzzling parables in our third gospel account, and understanding it as a parable really helps us. It helps us to let go of taking this so literally, being solely about money. While the following passages beyond this one are about money, this one touches something deeper. Essentially, we could treat this as an example of someone in a desperate situation having a willingness to act in a way that they wouldn't have otherwise. It's commonly understood that accruing debt in olive oil and wheat was a tactic used by the rich man to accrue interest without breaking the biblical law, which forbade accruing interest from loaning money. So he couldn't accrue the interest loaning money, but he could convert it to olive oil and wheat and then have interest through that means and technically not break the law. I mean, that's what Jesus is dealing with with the Pharisees is dealing with the letter of the law and bending it, finding loopholes. And so the law referring to money, not goods, and then they could find this loophole. And so something they would have understood. But the common thought is that the manager reduced the interest amount of goods, right? Which is why the reduction is different from the olive oil to the wheat because the interest rate was different, and so it's different amounts. So in one, it's reduced by half, and one, it's not reduced by half. This rich man, the owner of it all, he commends the manager because he knows that what he reduced was the interest, and the rich man's not going to add that back because then the debtors could accuse him of breaking the interest law. So he's kind of under the radar, except when now the interest has been wiped clean. It's it's a strange story, but understanding their world of interest helps it make sense. But again, it's a parable. I mean, let's think about it this way. Why wouldn't the manager have reduced the amount before this scene in his life in this parable? He could have at any time. He does in this situation. So what made him wait till now? It's because he earned off of the interest. He's the manager. I mean, if he's successful for the rich man, he's going to be more successful for himself, of course. But if he's losing his job, what does it matter anymore? So actually reducing it at this time was going to earn him favor in the eyes of the debtors who would then feel obligated to take care of him if he approached them with a request for help. That's how their culture worked. So it's a brilliant move by the manager. The rich man acknowledged that much. And so that's the parable. Now, this parable, we got to think about how most of the parables are. The rich man represents God, and the manager, the steward, is Israel. 
Israel has been, according to the passage, squandering the property of God. Now notice, this is the same verbiage, squandering his property, as used in the previous parable of the lost sons. And so they're connected. Now Israel has not been faithful to their entire purpose. And now things are getting dire. The gospel account was written in the context of the world post the Jewish revolt, right, where Rome destroyed everything, including the temple. The revolt was in 67 to 70 AD. The third gospel was written about 10, 15 years after that, but it takes place about 30 years before that. So it's very strange. So Jesus is speaking in a time prior to this destruction, but this story was written much later, so understanding the story in a different light. Jesus was always, throughout the gospel, trying to stop Israel from picking a fight with Rome. He knew that wouldn't end well. And when things are dire, when it's on the cusp of disaster, you got to focus on what really matters and act cleverly. And that's the point of this passage. People not of the faith are clever, like this manager. And he's saying, so people of faith should be that much more clever. So Israel, stop picking a fight with Rome and act cleverly. Make friends. Take care of your future. Strange parable, I know. But let's think about it for us. What are we facing today that is dire? Where are things headed in the wrong direction in your ministry? Or where are things headed in the wrong direction in your relationships? It's not too late to refocus your priorities and make sure that you seek to heal relationships over whatever else often steals your focus. And it's not just you, it's me. I mean, it's relationships that matter for Jesus. Make peace with your accuser on the way to the judge, he says another time. Don't offer a sacrifice until you've made peace with your sister or brother with whom you have a quarrel, he says another time. Act cleverly and be commended. Be trustworthy with what really matters in our lives and do it now before things get worse. This is a strange parable, but when we are in a time when this message is needed, it makes all the sense in the world. So I hope you're not in a situation where there is a dire need to heed this call. But if you are, act cleverly, my friends. <laughs>